Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. We're all about producing content where you can be inspired by and learn from amazing female entrepreneurs and leaders to help you achieve and even exceed your career goals. Before we begin this week's episode, though, it would mean a huge amount if you could rate and review our show if you haven't already. Consider it as your kind deed for the day. And we'd love to hear from you. So why not follow us or message us on LinkedIn? Mention the podcast and we'll be all ears. And now enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome, everybody. Hello. Today, we're going to have a slightly different episode, aren't we? Yeah, I think we are. (laughs) And it all started with a question. The question was one that I posed to Greta. I think I actually, I read it somewhere actually, and I thought to myself, gosh, Greta really needs to answer this question. (laughs) And the question was, if you could do anything for a week that took you away from your day-to-day, what would it be? Yes. And to your surprise, I answered without hesitation. Quick as a flash. <laughs> I had a, I knew exactly what I would say, which was, I suppose, a bit of a surprise it to me. It wasn't what as I well. was expecting. <laughs> and I said I would go somewhere like the Maldives to learn to surf. Yeah, on a yacht, actually, I think you said. I'd learn to surf on a yacht. <laughs> well, that sounds a bit strange, but yes, I mean, I think I meant like boat accommodation and then learn to surf. Yes, yep. it's, which was flabbergasting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Is this because of my age? <laughs> what do you say? Well, it's just not what I was expecting, that's all. <laughs> well, I'd had my eye on this for a little while. So, yes, that was my answer in terms of really getting away from the day-to-day routine activities that one might do, whether they be work or exercise. And this is where or how Greta came to be going to Bali to learn to surf for a week. And she did that last week. Yes, I am fresh off the plane, fresh off the board as well. And I am still in one piece, everybody, I'm pleased to report. And it's that experience that kind of inspired us to talk about learning a new skill because there were some ups and downs in the moment. And, you know, whether you're learning to surf or learning to cook or analyze data or pitch to a client or even learn to crochet, actually the principles behind how we learn are the same. So with Greta learning to surf fresh in her mind, we're going to take a look at how you can optimize both the enjoyment and the progress that you make when you're trying to learn something new. Yeah. And we're not just talking about hobbies like surfing. We're also talking about, you know, work skills as well. No, but if we can inspire you to go off and do something really crazy and fun, then that's even better. better. (laughs) Yes. Especially after the two years of COVID. Exactly. So 
we, we want to break this down. And, you know, really, we've, we've used Greta's experience as a case study in, yeah. in, in learning. But we, we think this applies to many different scenarios, as Greta said. So the first thing is, before you even begin the first lesson, the first the first moment that you start to learn something new, it's really about focusing on your mindset and, you know, how you're going to learn. Because how you're going to learn makes such a big difference, doesn't it, Greg? It does, it does. <laughs> because maybe, you know, you might go in like having really high expectations of yourself and, you know, holding yourself to a very high standard, you know, or you might get stressed particularly as you're going through it so having the right mindset is really important exactly because you know if I speak for myself I know that I can get a little bit intense and very competitive really yes and so I thought the whole point of this in my instance of going surfing was to do something completely different away from work and the normal day-to-day routines and you've got to make that fun so my mindset and intention was very much to focus on play and fun and kind of taking it lightheartedly. Did you do that like before you actually got there or did you set your intentions before you got there or when you when you were first there? Or? When I was first there, I stayed at like a retreat where you could do surfing and there was actually a, a, almost a little intention setting thing that everybody, we got given journals so you could write that down. But I had been primed before that thinking about the value of play and realizing that, you know, thanks to COVID, thanks to my then ill dad passing away late last year, that I had had a very heavy two years and that what I was actually really lacking in my kind of day-to-day was that sense of fun and lightheartedness and play. And so I realized actually part of this trip is about that. And how did that sort of setting your intentions or your mindset for learning play out as the week went on? Well, you know, they do say old habits die hard. (laughs) So it started really well. Yeah, I was having a lot of fun day one. And then, you know, as is my one, I kind of thought, oh, well, I'd just like to learn a bit more in between lessons and get ahead of the pack. Top of the class. So I Googled and found some YouTube videos on day one in the evening and it actually really helped me for day two. But then I thought, well, I'll keep doing this and that was my fall down. So by day four, the waves had got really big and um, we were in like washing machine sort of conditions for a while there. And day four, I had sort of lost the lightheartedness and I was really intent on having a dramatic improvement from the previous day and and then that kind of thing. And so I found myself getting really quite frustrated and disheartened on the water. Yeah. So I lost that lightheartedness. You lost it. And so did that impact your surfing? Well, yes, I think so. We had great instructors in Bali, thanks Rip Curl School of Surf. My instructor could see, he was kept telling me to breathe. And actually what he did, which I didn't even realize at the time that that's what he was doing, was he pointed out, you know, two-thirds of the way through the lesson, some newbies that were not part of our group at all, who were obviously complete beginners but had no teacher and had gone out behind the really big waves and – 
he started pointing out their wipeouts, which were dramatic, and they weren't even doing anything. They were just had their back to the wave, and the wave would crash down on them, and they would go flying. <laughs> Poor things. But, so he made me. He t- was trying to make me laugh. So even he could diagnose after knowing me only for three and a half days. <laughs> I think you were too intense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so how did you get back to your intention? Well, I got back to uh, the villa after that fourth day of getting frustrated and I journaled because I was frustrated with myself and I journaled. I think partly because, you know, when you're going away somewhere and you've only got finite number of days of surf lessons you kind of want to make great improvement for everyone and I just felt I'd wasted one yeah. and so I guess I kind of, that, that can be for anything can't so it? I think I also let the time pressure yeah, get to right. me yeah. so I, I kind of journaled and realized I had fallen into that trap again of taking it too seriously but also really importantly putting too much pressure on myself to in washing machine conditions to kind of really step up and improve again from the day before and started to make fun of myself in my journal, kind of going, there right, there you go, you did it again. <laughs> You're supposed to be having fun. <laughs> That's really, and, really yeah. hilarious. And so what did you do the next day? Well, in that journal I also committed that, okay, I've got to say to myself before tomorrow, just go with the intent to try and, you know, have fun and It'll be success if you can even learn one small thing. But the main goal is to have fun. And, yeah, so the next day I went with that intention. But not only that, I, you know, because old habits do die hard and I realized I'd slipped out of the fun pattern on day four, I actually created cues for myself. So I wrote on the back of my hands a smiley face on my right hand yeah, and a B for breathe on my left hand just to constantly remind myself. And then in between catching waves, I would, as I was paddling back out, say, smile. Let's see if you can smile in this next wave. Now, as it happened, I never consciously smiled that I know of because you're so busy kind of <laughs> focusing concentrating on, on staying on the board. Yeah. But it was a very different experience. The whole day was a really different experience. Well, I love that. And I think we might come back to those cues yeah. that you created for yourself because it's a very – clever thing to do Mm. but one other thing I think is quite useful before you start learning is actually knowing how you like to learn they do say people have kind of a a style like you know they say auditory or visual kinesthetic I'm not sure actually whether that research completely stacks up but what I do know is that you know some people have a preference for big picture that would be me I like big picture and other people have a preference for detail. Hmm, that would be you. <laughs> but I need the big picture as well. That's true. That's true. But you need, you do need lots of detail, don't you? Well, certainly with physical learning, I'm not sure. I need precision, absolutely precision. Yeah. If someone's telling me something and it's ambiguous oh, and I'm no. trying to learn, <laughs> that does my head in. Don't go past Greta if you're being ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. But certainly because of my background, you know, because I started my career as a professional ballet dancer and obviously with ballet, the technique is extremely precise. So for me, it is inherently natural to drill down and need to understand exactly, you know, what different parts of my body should be doing at the time. So with surfing, I realized I could only do that to certain degrees because it's as you're learning, you don't learn the whole thing to start with. You build on it over time yeah right 
Absolutely. Okay, but you did know that you like to have detail. And I guess that's probably, that's quite a useful thing to know, particularly if it's something you can let a teacher know who's teaching you, or you can just make sure that you, you know, like Greta did, I think you, your need for the big picture, you went back and you looked at videos. Yeah. On day one, so that you could put it all into perspective. Into context. That's yeah. right. Because, rightly, and I understood this on day four when the teacher eventually said to us, you know, it takes two years to learn how to surf and be able to read the waves. Lucky you didn't send that to you on day one. Huh? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no one would sign up, I suspect. So he was giving us the very specific first steps to do. And I was trying to understand how that fitted into, you know, riding a whole wave or whatever. And so I found when I found this well-matched kind of beginner's video online that that really helped me for the day one and day two. But as I tried to sort of jump ahead of the pack, I really got myself into trouble there because then I just, yeah, hit overwhelm sort of thing in a way and confusion. Yeah, so that sense of overwhelm mm. I think is is quite normal. I remember, you know – I decided that I wanted to learn about neuroscience and I did yeah. a certificate of neuro leadership. And I wasn't really expecting this. Well, I suppose I was expecting it to be like really scientific, but not, I don't know what, actually, I don't know what I was expecting to be honest, but I started the course and literally all of the f sort of first part of it was all about literally the brain. I mean, it, it was scans of the brain. It was talking in a language that I had no idea about. And I remember feeling very, very overwhelmed. But I think that that's just natural when you're learning a new skill, isn't it? It's sort of like, you know, you've just got to break things down and persist. And what I found was once I broke it down and I kind of just learned one bit at a time and then I learned the uh, links between each of those bits and it started to become much more natural to me and I suddenly found that I had a language that I could understand, which was amazing. And then that allowed me to sort of really get into the course. Mm. And I imagine, I mean, how did you sort of initially move from overwhelm to kind of understanding you had to just like – take it one really small step at a time in terms of breaking it down? Oh, I think I probably cried. <laughs> <laughs> I probably went I went through like extreme frustration and uh, I probably said I could I can't do it and then somebody probably said yes you can mm. and then I decided to approach it in a different way. Yeah. And that's when I decided to break it down. Yeah. So I had to go through a little sort of mini throw my toys out of the car, out of the pram. Right. Yeah. And just move through it. Yeah, I think, you know, that's kind of one of the key takeaways, I think, for learning something new is just how uncomfortable it can make you feel and how, you know, you realize what pressure we put on ourselves to be able to kind of pick something that's brand new up very quickly and very easily. And it, it's, of course, not like that. You know, there's that whole stat of it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it also, I mean, do you remember when you were learning to drive, for example, like a manual stick yeah, shift? yeah. I don't know. I remember it being so hard to get, like, even to think about everything. It was just like, oh my god, what have I got to do? I've, I've, I've got to, uh, I've got to press the the clutch down to move the gears, and I've, then I've got to look in my mirrors, and I've got to bring the accelerator up, and you know, oh my, it was just so difficult. But nowadays, obviously, I don't even think about it. Yeah, like, completely, it's become 
completely habitual. Yes. And, and it's really incredible. That's right. All those kind of movements that feel so clunky at first with driving within really a remarkably short amount of time become as you say, habitual, and you can drive on autopilot and do, you know, think of many other things whilst driving. That's right. And it's all about practicing these things and getting the neural pathways built in your brain so that it's really easy for the neurons to scatter on down them. And, you know, and I think if we take this back to like my surfing and my teacher or just the universal lesson here when you're starting something new is it can feel really uncomfortable. And same with your neuroscience studies can feel really uncomfortable. You suddenly don't feel you're in the right place. Um, You can get really frustrated. You're probably putting too much pressure on yourself. And the takeaway though is you've got to trust the process and trust your teacher to lead you step by step. And if you find after some period of time you can't trust your teacher for whatever reason, then ideally you need to try and find another teacher. Because, you know, what I realized in hindsight was that my teacher was very wise and he was not trying to overload any of us and he also could pick exactly when I was taking it too seriously. Yeah, no, that's that's really the sign of a great teacher. Yeah. You know, and I'm really interested, were there any other things that helped you get better at surfing, you know, to really learn? Because actually, when you think about it, how many, how many days of surfing did you have? Was it six? Five. Five days of surfing. And you should see the pictures, everyone. In fact, we'll put some in the episode. <laughs> but, you know, Gret's up and properly surfing. She looks like a cool surfer dude. Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> I don't think so. You've got, you've, got, you've got that look. You've got that look. So were there any other things that you did that helped you, you know, learn so quickly? Well, I suppose one thing, and, you know, we know research talks about this, and I used to do it with ballet to some degree as well, is I would try to visualize, especially if we were just being taught the next sort of skill step in in surfing, like, for example, learning to turn on the wave to stay with the wave rather than surfing straight forward. I would try to visualize that in my mind in quite a detailed fashion in terms of, you know, okay, so I'm moving my weight at that point to the back foot and then how, what are, you know, trying to picture how that would be in my mind before doing it physically. And sometimes, and I think this is a trouble when you're learning a really new skill and different skill like surfing, you can't because until you feel it, you can't visualize it. But I had a, I had a good go at that with a number of days. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Maybe there's a certain time in the learning process where visualization is more effective than others. Yeah, or be, you've also touched upon um, earlier when we were talking about this off air, I needed to visualize very specifically thanks to my ballet kind of specificity and precision needs. But you talked about that you would sometimes visualize without the specifics of, you know, what your body's doing at the time or, you yeah, know. Yeah, I visualize what, what it might feel like. Yeah. Right. So I'm sort of visualizing me doing it. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that might not be very precise. In fact, I'm sure it's not because yeah. I'm not a very precise person. But it's a feeling in my body and I'm, I visualize that. And often, like when I'm going to bed, as I'm going to sleep, I'll try to imagine it so mm. that it's something that is in my memory patterns for when I'm, when I'm sleeping. I'm hoping like all this, you know, my REM sleep just sort of conjures it all up and then I wake up able to do it. 
doesn't quite work that way. But I think there is quite a lot of science in how visualization can actually change your neural pathways in a very similar way to actually doing something. Yeah, well, the science shows that if you visualize it, it fires off exactly the same in your brain as is if you were really doing it. And that's right. You know, there've been, you know, tests where people can perform just as well by practicing in their head versus practicing in real life. That's it. So there's definitely something to visualizing. So, so next time you're, particularly when you're learning something where you have to like move your body or you have to remember certain sequences, visualizing is a really good technique, I think. Mm. Uh, and I, I think the other thing that's really important to learn successfully is making sure that you're cultivating a growth mindset you know yeah for sure because you know you're you're never too old (laughs) (laughs) she's looking at me right now this is outrageous or too young (laughs) to learn something you know and if you've got the right mindset as you've proved yes lots of people wouldn't even take on learning to surf well, a lot of your friends would not, or our friends would not. Yeah, fair enough. That, you know, that wouldn't be something that would would fly them up. Yeah, or float, float their boat. Float, float their surfboard <laughs> at this stage. But, you know, it's, it's having that growth mindset. It's, it's saying, you know, I'm not too old. I'm not too young to do something. I can do it. And with, you know, work and practice and persistence, you too can learn a new skill. Yeah, and I think that's right. I mean, you go into it with that growth mindset because I I think you'd be mad obviously if you had a fixed mindset about something like surfing then to go to take yourself away for a week so I think everyone who was there probably had that growth mindset because they've made the effort but yeah it's important even at at work you know a classic example there would be something like a lot of the gender biases say that you know make women feel that they're not as good quantitatively and with maths and numbers Mm. and yet often it's just about how we've been raised to perceive those skills and you know that's a great example I think of if you have a growth mindset to those things that you don't feel comfortable to at least go through the steps and it might be down the track you decide yes statistics isn't your thing or whatever but I think that's a good example where social norms and gender biases can actually affect Absolutely. Or or, efficacy of your growth mindset. Yeah. Or if you're a lawyer and you want to learn about marketing, for example, you you might have a fixed mindset that says lawyers can't be marketers. Or creative or or something. Or creative. Yeah, exactly. So really important to have that growth mindset. And so, you know, if you could leave listeners with one sort of insight that you've had from your learning experience what would it be? Well, particularly, I think, in light of the fact we've all come through it two year, and, and obviously it's still ongoing, you know, the two year plus pandemic, and life is short, that actually we all learn best when we don't take it too seriously, when we try not to make the stakes too high when we don't pressure ourselves because when we create those sorts of thinking patterns in our head we create stress and if we create stress the learning part of our brain the prefrontal cortex isn't going to be able to operate as effectively as it could so i think that is the key takeaway for me whether you're learning a new skill at work formally or informally in terms of is it a course or is it just something you're learning on the job try to 
have that mindset and frame it with what can I learn today? How can I have fun and how could this be fun? And to celebrate the small steps of progress. I think that's really key. Celebration is really key. And that's recognition of yourself and recognition of others if you see others learning around you. Celebrate those small steps. Well, thanks for sharing your story, Gret. That's quite all right. It sounds like it was so much fun (laughs) and sort of very jealous. So that's this week's episode done and dusted. Look out for our next episode in two weeks. And in the meantime, I say this with real feeling, have fun, smile, and may you learn something really small today and then may you celebrate that really big tonight. Ciao for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.